0: It's time for the Raytown Roundup, where we never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Today's tall tale is sure to amuse, entertain, and lead to laughter, or at least a snicker or two. So sit back, relax, and let's get caught up on what's happening with the folks in Raytown this week. Here comes the Raytown Roundup with your author and storyteller, Dr. Pam Arlen.
1: Ice. There never has been, nor will there ever be, anything in Raytown except ice. It's just been day after day of dreary, despicable, dangerous ice. School's been called off so many times that classes will go well into summer. Driveways and parking lots are hopelessly slippery. Senior citizens stay inside because the entire world of the great outdoors is now just a broken hip waiting to happen. Common working folks are jealous of the kids and the retirees, but what choice do they have? They have to carefully make their way to and from work each day, no matter what the weather's doing. Now, a couple of days ago, Bill, Ed, and Fritz, they decided to go to Arkansas. They'd heard about the Daisy Air Gun Museum in Rogers, Arkansas. It had been Fritz's long-held dream to go there. It wasn't so much that he was interested in guns, really, though he did hunt a bit, as is natural for men of his age and background. It was really, honestly, more that he loved the movie A Christmas Story and the Red Ryder BB gun that played such a prominent role in that movie. But it didn't sound very manly to say so to Bill and Ed, so Fritz told them he wanted to see the antique guns that were sure to be there. So, off the three men went. When they arrived at the museum in the quaint downtown, they went in and grabbed that telephone-like audio recording machine that they usually use at museums nowadays, and they began learning manly things about manly gun history. Now, Bill was initially a bit unclear on how to use the telephone-like contraption, but Ed and Fritz showed him how to type in the numbers and put the device up to his ear to hear. Fritz was so excited to finally be at the museum that he eagerly pressed the number one and dutifully turned to listen to the narration. It seemed a bit long, but it was okay. He was then instructed to take two steps to the left and then press two. He did this. Soon he noticed that he was not noticing what was being said on the audio tour and that his mind was wandering. By the time he'd learned about 25 different kinds of air guns and none of them were the Red Rider, he was starting to get impatient. At least Bill and Ed were animatedly pointing to some sort of a gun used by Lewis and Clark and enjoying themselves. But Fritz ran ahead to find... The Red Rider. He turned a corner, and there it was, the Red Rider BB gun. It was glorious. Fritz took his picture with it and pasted it on Facebook, texted a copy to his son, and called his wife. Fritz tried to look interested in the other items in the museum for a while, but he just couldn't. Huh? <sighs> Why couldn't Bill and Ed hurry up? Fritz had his gun and his picture with Red Ryder, and he is pretty much ready to go home now. Never mind that four hours of driving had ended with about fourteen minutes in the museum. Bill and Ed had worked their way up to audio recording five of twenty five. They seemed to be looking at guns from the mid eighteen hundreds now. I mean, it was progress, but certainly not enough progress. Fritz suddenly realized he was thirsty. Very, very, very thirsty. All he could think about was his thirst. He looked out and voila! There was a bubble tea place just across the street. Now, Fritz had no idea what bubbles were in tea, but he liked sweet tea just fine. He ran into the store and was greeted with a complex sign offering hundreds of different kinds, colors, and shapes of tea. He was overwhelmed. The man behind the counter had a ponytail, several earrings, and a smile. What can I do for you? Uh, I'll have some tea, Fritz said. Sure, what kind? The tea barista hopefully asked. Fritz tried to comprehend what the young man might mean. The only choices Fritz was used to was sweetened or unsweetened. Sweet, Fritz said. The young man smiled, seemed to make some sort of mental calculation, and said, Sure, sweet black tea. A medium okay there for you, old friend? Fritz felt that maybe there was an emphasis on old, but he just answered, Sure. Tea in hand, Fritz went back to the museum and noticed that Bill and Ed were only up to stop 20 on their audio tour. Fritz took a sip of his tea, which seemed to have an unusually big straw, and immediately slimy round things entered into his mouth. He coughed and gagged and spit the tea out on the sidewalk. Why didn't anyone tell him that bubbles were slimy? Slimy tea? What was the world coming to? This was not his idea of bubbles at all. He'd pictured a cross between "pop" and "tea," and this certainly was not that. Now Fritz thought that maybe people in Arkansas were-well, weirder than he had even realized. The people in Arkansas surely had invented a weird way to drink tea, Fritz thought. What kind of people like slimy tea? He threw the rest of the tea in the trash, waited for his friends and then wondered about what other odd traditions Arkansas people might have. And what were people from Arkansas called, anyway? Were they Arkansasians? That didn't seem right, but in this way Fritz passed the time. Eventually Bill and Ed came out of the museum. Bill said his wife Phyllis had called and said the weather was getting bad, and they ought to head back to Raytown ASAP. All three of them were very familiar with Bill's wife, so they agreed that they better leave right away. They each put their new BB guns in the truck and began the trip back north. All was going pretty well until they stopped in the town of Nevada, Missouri, for gas. None of them had really bothered to bring much cold weather gear, and it was down to 15 degrees by then. It was cold. As Bill was filling up the truck with gas, Ed went inside to see if they had one of those newfangled pop machines where you could mix flavors, like they'd seen on their trip to the Banjo Museum in Oklahoma City. Fritz still didn't believe them that such a fantastical machine existed, so Ed wanted to find one and show it to him. While Bill was gassing up the truck and pretending to not be cold, Another man drove up in a red Dodge Ram truck that looked like a giant strawberry Popsicle. Bill went over and asked the driver of the strawberry Popsicle where he had come from. I just drove down from Clinton, he said. The roads are crap. Just terrible. It's like they never did anything to them. Bill began to get a little bit worried about slippery roads, but... Then he pictured Phyllis and figured they better keep on moving towards Raytown, whether the roads were slippery or not. Just then Ed and Fritz came back out of the gas station, disappointed to not have found any newfangled pop machines. Fritz did, however, seem very content with his extremely large cup of good old fashioned sweet tea with no bubbles. Just as the two men opened the door to the truck, a whole ten of Phyllis's cornbread, which had been given as road provisions, got caught by the wind, flew across the parking lot, and ice skated across the highway and then across the parking lot of the hotel across the street. The men were amazed and suddenly terrified. Phyllis's cornbread, they all gasped. They knew they must retrieve it but they were stuck between the danger of ice and the danger of Phyllis. It was a decision no man should ever be forced to make. The three men huddled in the truck in silence. Fritz took a very long, very slow sip of his sweet tea so that he could avoid talking. The other two stared out the window. No man was brave enough to say what he was thinking. They looked towards the escaped cornbread pan in the icy road. Bill moaned slightly. Just then, Bill's phone rang. Yep. Mm, Yes. Mm, Good idea. Will do. Yes, dear. Fritz and Ed looked expectantly at him. And then Bill said... Phyllis says the weatherman just said for everyone to get off the road. So she says we should get off the road too and find a hotel. The three men breathed a sigh of relief. They'd all been scared, but now no one would have to admit it. That was a huge relief. Bill inched the truck across the icy road and into the hotel parking lot across the street. He got out of the truck got down on his hands and knees and crawled over to Phyllis's cornbread. He didn't dare go home without that pan, but he also didn't dare walk on that ice. Each man booked his own room at the slightly worn-out hotel that the cornbread had chosen. In their world, guys didn't share rooms with other guys who weren't their dad or their brother. The cornbread had landed right side up, So they each took a piece to eat, and they admired Phyllis's cooking, and then they went to their respective rooms. As each man settled down to pass the icy night in safety and contentment, each man ate the cornbread, and then they gave thanks for how that cornbread had saved their lives.
0: Well folks, that's it for the Raytown Roundup for now. We sure would appreciate it if you tell your friends and family to subscribe to the podcast. New stories will be coming out each week, and you won't want to miss them. Raytown Roundup can be enjoyed wherever podcasts are found and on the web at raytownroundup.buzzsprout.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you with joy, much laughter, and friendship with Jesus.